Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Transformation Radio. Hey, what's up guys? It's Xavier Esposito up here in the third phase. Um, I just got back from Venton County, uh, serving as a uh, overseer for the men out there in first phase in Discovery. Awesome, awesome time, man. Two weeks out there. Uh, we went up in a couple hikes through the woods and uh, just got to see the glory of God in those hills out there. There's such a covering of God out there just in the land and in the beauty. And uh, it was really cool. I had a lot of confirmation uh, from the Lord just letting me know that I was in the right place at the right time. You know, things that I was studying all week, um, healing and being saved. And I just got confirmation through the church that that's 
what I was there to learn. And the guys out there are awesome. They're just excelling in uh, being teachable and humility. And they pour into each other. They hold each other accountable. They're not clicking up. They're, it's just a brotherly, uh, unified church out there. And everyone's just seeking God. And he's revealing himself out there. We had Dan Neal come out. And uh, he's an evangelistic preacher. He came out there and delivered an awesome message for Jesus. And uh, we had six guys get saved that night. Powerful, powerful place in Benton County. Man, I encourage uh, all you guys out there just to stick with the ministry. Um, you guys are doing awesome. You're a good group of men. I, I look forward to growing and walking this journey with you guys. And um, I'm just happy to be in the refuge, man. This place has done so much transformation in my life. It's allowed me to mature. I feel like I've grown uh, probably six, seven, eight years in maturity um, just in the past seven months. So it's an amazing, amazing blessing from God for me to be here and just get to grow with all these men and be blessed by the way that they're getting blessed in their lives by seeing their family restoration, them growing as responsible men of God and getting their children back and just getting things taken care of. So I guess it's just an encouragement, man. You guys stick with it. Uh, first, second, third phase, everybody stick with it and uh, continue to seek God with all your heart and He will reveal Himself to you. So all glory be to Him. I hope everyone has a great day. I love you guys. And now as we continue with the one-year audio Bible, it's time for a reading of the New Testament. And it comes from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. Here's a brief overview of some of what we'll be reading about today. Tiberius, the Roman emperor, ruled from A.D. 14 to 37. Pilate was the Roman governor responsible for the province of Judea. Herod Antipas and Philip were half-brothers and sons of the cruel Herod the Great, who had been dead more than 20 years. While Antipas, Philip, Pilate, and Lysanias apparently had equal powers in governing their separate territories. All were subject to Rome and responsible for keeping peace in their respective lands. Now, Jewish law provided for only one high priest. He was appointed from Aaron's line and held his position for life. By this time, however, the religious system had been corrupted, and the Roman government was appointing its own religious leaders to maintain greater control over the Jews. Apparently, the Roman authorities had deposed the Jewish-appointed Annas and had replaced him with Anna's son-in-law, Caiaphas. Nevertheless, Annas retained his title and probably also much of the power it carried because the Jews believed the high priest's position to be for life. They would have continued to call Annas their high priest. Now, Pilate, Herod, and Caiaphas were the most powerful leaders in Palestine, but they were upstaged by a wilderness prophet from rural Judea. God chose to speak through the loner, John the Baptist, who had gone down in history as greater than any of the rulers of his day. How often people judge others by the superficial standards of power, wealth, beauty, and miss the truly great people through whom God works. The point is, greatness is measured not by what you have, but by your faith in God. Like John, give yourself entirely to God so God's power can work through you. To turn to God to receive forgiveness from sins implies turning away from sins. We're not getting cleansed so we can go back and get dirty again. We can't just say we believe and then live any way we choose. Neither can we simply live a morally correct life without a personal relationship with God because that cannot bring forgiveness from sin. So determine to rid your life of any sins God points out and then determine to live in a way that pleases Him. In John's day, before a king would take a trip, 
messengers would tell those he was planning to visit to prepare the roads for him. In the same way, John told his listeners to make their lives ready so the Lord could come to them. Now, this does not mean that you must get rid of all your sin or wrongdoing before you can accept Christ. Rather, when you accept Him, He takes care of all your sinfulness. To prepare the way means clearing aside the baggage of the past and the doubts of the present in order to let the King come into your life. And believe me, He will take it from there. And now with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. March 18th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. It was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee. His brother Philip was ruler over Iturea and Trachonitis. Lysanias was ruler over Abilene, Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, Here's a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for Him. The valleys will be filled, and the mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened, and the rough places made smooth. And then all people will see the salvation sent from God. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes! Who warned you to flee God's wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, We're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. The crowds asked, What should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, Teacher, what should we do? He replied, Collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? asked some soldiers. John replied, Don't extort money or make false accusations, and be content with your pay. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater, that I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. John also publicly criticized Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, for marrying Herodias, his brother's wife, and for many other wrongs he had done. So Herod put John in prison, adding this sin to his many others. One day when the crowds were being baptized, 
Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. Psalm 61, verses 1 through 8. Just before we read the psalm today, let's take a look at what's going on here. David must have been far from home when he wrote this psalm. Fortunately, God is not limited to any geographic location. Even when we're among strange people and surroundings, God never abandons us. His all-surpassing strength is always with us. Well, David made a vow to praise God each day. David continually praised God through both the good and difficult times of his life. Do you find something to praise God for each day? Well, as you do, you'll find your heart elevated from daily distractions to lasting confidence. Psalm 61, verses 1 through 8. For the choir director, a psalm of David, to be accompanied by stringed instruments. O God, listen to my cry, hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help, but my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. Interlude. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me an inheritance reserved for those who fear your name and many years to the life of the king. May his years span the generations. May he reign under God's protection forever. May your unfailing love and faithfulness watch over him. Then I will sing praises to your name forever, as I fulfill my vows each day. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. A gracious woman gains respect, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you.
today's In Touch Devotion. Today's scripture reading is verses 7 through 9 of Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me, and saw my works for forty years. God repeatedly calls to His followers, but the condition of each heart affects the result. Those with soft and tender hearts hear His voice and yield to Him in obedience, but those with hard hearts resist His warnings and instructions. Surprisingly, upon hearing the same voice, believers will have different reactions. Since hardening is a slow process that is often accompanied by excuses and rationalizations, the danger signs may not be readily recognized. How do you respond when the Lord speaks to you through His Word, your conscience, or messages based on Scripture? Carefully consider the following characteristics of a hardening heart. Insensitivity or resistance to what the Lord says. Refusal to put yourself under His authority. Disobedience to what you know God is instructing you to do. Justification of sinful conduct. Resistance to the reproof of others. Preoccupation with the things of this world, career, relationships, possessions. Little interest in spiritual matters. Absence of private devotional time, Bible reading and prayer. Avoidance of corporate worship, gathering with other believers. A hard heart does not have to remain brittle. If you've discovered any of the above traits in your life, begin today to turn to the Lord. Ask Him to purify your heart and give you the desire to know Him. Remember, He specializes in making all things new. Come sit at the table, come take 
who's retired, uh, she was a contract specialist from Oakley, California, said, John, on Minute with Maxwell today, talk about the word togetherness. It's a great word, isn't it? It's a word of warmth. When you think of um, warm words, words that attract you, that kind of move your soul to migrate toward them, togetherness is one of those words. Loneliness separates us and is cold and it's something that we want to move away from. Togetherness is a word that just basically says that uh, the best things in life are achieved together. The most wonderful conversations and experiences in life are experienced together. It's a word that basically says I need people. I need people in my life. I need people around my life. I want to be with people. I want to be part of a group. I want to be part of a team. I want to be part of a community. On the John Maxwell team, this is a word that we really embrace. Because we have discovered that as coaches and speakers and trainers, it's more fun to take the journey together. 
than it is to do it on our own. And so togetherness to us means uh, uh, camaraderie. Uh, it means uh, uh, teamwork. It means uh, doing more together than we can do separately, achieving more, seeing more, feeling more, experiencing more. It's a great warm word. I just encourage you today, understand that no person's an island, and you're much better when you're with someone else.
Yeah, isn't it amazing how a man can find himself alone? Calling to the darkness for an answer that he's never known. Yeah, isn't it amazing how God can take a broken man? Yeah, let him find a fortune, let him ruin it with his own two hands. And he climbs on up the hill on a rock on which he stands. He looks back at the crowd, he looks down at his hands, and he says, "I am a difference maker." Oh, I am. Difference maker, oh I am only one that speaks to him. I am friendliest of friends of God. We're all sinners. We're all astronauts. So if you're beating death, then raise your hand. But shut up if you're not. 'Cause I am a difference maker. Oh, I am only one who speaks to Him. I am friendliest of friends of God.
torn between myself and your truth. These cursed memories forever seeping through. Oh 
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.